You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Beis Shem Yisrael 5781-2021. This week's Parsha is Parsha's bow. In our Parsha, HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes the Jewish people out of slavery, takes them to Himself to be His nation. And in what way does He do so? In what way does He take us to be His nation? By giving us commandments, just as any king proves to his nation that they are his by commanding them certain commandments, and they follow those commandments, so too the Jewish people were taken by Hashem. With the first of the mitzvahs that the Jewish people received collectively, which was the mitzvah of Hazelachem, the mitzvah of Kiddush HaChodesh, the obligation to, to make the brand new moon holy, to recognize that the new moon is the beginning of the month, the Jewish people, we have our calendar based on the months, on the lunar cycle, as well as the solar cycle, also connected to Pesach. It needs to be in the Chag HaOviv. It needs to be in the spring. This is in chapter 12, verse 2. This month is yours, the first of the months. It's the first of the months of the year for you. The month of Nisan, which is the month of the spring, which is the month of renewal, is the month that belongs to the Jewish people. It is the representation of who the Jewish people are, a people of renewal. Despite the long, hard winter, the Jews constantly are renewed. But not just that. Achodesh HaZelachem doesn't just refer to the first month of the year, but refers to the concept of the month, the lunar cycle, the fact that the Jewish people count based upon the months. Now, there's an extensive command, not just about the concept of counting the years by the months, by the lunar months, and not just the obligation to for, the, for that generation, which was to take their personal carbon Pesach, their sacrifice that they were to bring, but rather there's an obligation, the Torah tells us, for all generations, that on the 14th day of that month, so there's an obligation to remember what happened. In verse 14, this day will be a day for you to remember. You shall, you shall celebrate it as a celebration to God for all generations. How do we celebrate? Very interesting. How do we celebrate this exodus from Egypt, this holiday, on the day that we were released from our bondage, from slavery? We were released from our exile. We experienced the awesome revelation of the Exodus. How do we celebrate it? By not eating. We don't eat chametz. We eat matzah. We eat that unleavened bread. The poor man's bread. The lechem We have a seven-day holiday, etc. Now what I'd like to address is something which I find to be very interesting. A few things, actually. I'd like to share with you a medrash. I'd like to share with you a gemara. Gemara Psachim. The idea is, the Gemara Psachim tells us, speaking about how long before a holiday is one obligated to begin speaking about the holiday, learning about the laws of the holiday, refreshing oneself about that holiday. There's, an, there's a machlokis, there's an argument between two different Tanoim and the Gemara. One of them says we start 30 days before. One of them says we start two weeks before. Now, generally speaking, I believe we paskin, the one that says we start 30 days before, which means that you want to know when we start talking about the halachas of Pesach, we start on Purim, around Purim time, a month before. 
But I want to address and try to understand the, op- the opinion that says that we start two weeks before. Based on what does he say that we start two weeks before? Right here, these Pesukim. The Gemara brings the Pesuk of HaChadosh HaZalachem, Moshe Rabbeinu B'Pashtos. In the simple understanding, he was standing in front of HaKadosh Baruch God commanded him on the first day of the month, showed him the new moon, HaChadosh HaZalachem. And he commanded on the 14th day, certainly we can understand, we can deduce that from that, the very verses themselves, that Hashem is commanding about the new moon, the concept of consecration of the new month. And, toch kidei, within that conversation, Hashem also commands about the obligations of the month. The month is a unit. It starts on the first day of the month, obviously. It continues on to the 14th of the month, the 15th of the month, when we celebrate our exodus from Egypt. It continues through the holiday. To, continues through the, the following seven days. And indeed, the entire month has a certain celebratory feel. As we find, when it comes to Tachanun, we don't say Tachanun, the entire month of Nisan. Okay, but well, what we see is an amazing thing, an important thing, we need to understand. From the fact that we see that already at the beginning of the month, we start to discuss Pesach. We start to talk about Pesach. We start to talk about Passover. So clearly there's a connection between the first day of the month of Nisan and the 15th day of Nisan, the first day of the month, we don't yet have that holiday. We don't yet have the Exodus. We have the beginnings of it. We have hints to it. We have the fact that it's coming. We have the obligations that, in, that are involved, the, the bringing of the Korban Pesach, the setting aside of that animal, the Paschal Lamb, etc. Leading up to the obligation to check our homes. Or la Arbosa is the first Mishnah in Psachim says, and this is an important one, so listen carefully to it. Or la Arbosa, we need to remove, as the Psukim tell us in our parsha, all of the of the chametz, all of the leavened bread from our homes. When do we begin to check to make sure that there's nothing left? We've spent perhaps weeks, perhaps months cleaning our homes. When do we do that final check? Or la Arbosa, interestingly, the language of which means literally the light of the 14th. But as our sages tell us, as the Gemara discusses at the beginning of, of Masechet Pesachim, Orla Abbasar doesn't mean the light as in the day, it actually means the night. Now, the night before is referred to as Orla Abbasar. It's a Lashon Sagi Nohar. It's a language, we, we refer to something which would seem negative. We refer to it in a positive way. We refer to the nighttime as day. Nagi, the word Nagi in Aramaic means Nagi, notice the letters N-G-H, N-I-G-H-T, the word night. Nagi, nun, gimel, hey. So the word actually means brightness, light, right? So even in English, we refer to the nighttime with the same root of nagi, which means light. We refer to the nighttime. That's when we are checking for chametz. That's when we are looking to see, to check out and make sure that we have nothing left of the forbidden type of food that we're not allowed to eat on Pesach. What I'd like to understand is a few things. First of all, what is the connection? Clearly there's a connection between the first day of the month and the 15th day of the month. What is the idea behind it? What is the concept? What do, what do we learn from that? Second of all, I want to understand in the Gemara, when we speak about the Orlar Basar, when do we check for Chometz? We check on the night, the night before. We refer to it in a positive way. The Gemara goes on to say, extensively speaking about how the Torah goes out of its way to speak in a positive way. We are to go out of our way to speak in a positive way. When, when, even if we have to refer to something negative, bad news, we still want to talk positively. We want to talk, we want to refer to it in a, in a hint, 
if we can, we can, if we can refer to a bad situation by hinting to it without being explicit about the bad situation, that's what we try to do. Gemara talks a lot of a lot of different cases of that. What is the idea of that? What is the idea behind this positivity that we need to have when we speak about darkness? We don't talk about darkness. We talk about light. We speak about the night. We talk about light. The night of the fourteenth. The light of the fourteenth. What is the idea behind that? And how does it connect? The the geula happens at night. The redemption happens at midnight. The bechayrim, the firstborns of the Egyptians, are killed. That's when the redemption occurs. And Paro says, "Get out of here!" Sends the Jewish people packing. What is the idea that the redemption happens at night, in the middle of the night? What is the idea that we refer to something dark, the nighttime, as light? And what is the idea that the first of the month, which clearly is also connected to the 15th of the month, the first of the month is when the moon is is invisible, right? The first beginnings of the moon, the crescent moon, are, are what we're able to see. But it's dark, and yet it's connected clearly to the 15th of the month, to the time when the moon is full, when the, the moon is fully reflecting. What is the idea behind all these concepts? I'd like to share with you a medrash, which perhaps can shed some light on to this idea. There's two parts to the Medrash. Both Mishal and both analogies. This is your month. Says the Medrash, it's analogous to a king. He has his storehouses, he has his treasure houses full of all kinds of precious stones, gold and silver, Pearls, etc. And he has a he has an only son. As long as his son was young, as long as his son was small, so he was he had everything hidden, he had everything saved away. Then the son grew up, the prince grew up, he developed, he matured. His father said to him. As long as you were small, so I was protecting everything for you. I had it all saved away. But now, but now, says the Medrash, that you have matured, you've developed into, or you're already a person, you're already your own person, everything is, is there for you. Here's the key. Walk into the storehouse and see all the treasures that are awaiting you. In a similar way, Hashem also had everything stored away, stored away for the Jewish people. Pasuk Embracious tells us that Hashem created the sun and the moon and the stars, and all of these celestial bodies were created for what purpose? It was in order that there be signs. That there be that there be mayadim, that there be the the cycle of the calendar, okay? But the Jewish people were not yet ready to shteltzu, so to speak, to to associate and be able to use these things that were at their disposal. They were stored away by Hashem. When the Jewish people were now mature, when the Jewish people had now been forged as a nation, about to be taken by God, about to become the Jewish people, the, the chosen nation of Hashem, 
God would be their king and they would be his people. So as that moment occurred, so th- that's when Hashem gave them this brand new moon, the, the stars, the sun, the, the, the cycles of the, of the calendar was given to them to be able to use. An amazing treasure. So that's muscle number one. Muscle number two, and this is where we get into the guts of what I want to say, of what the idea is that I would like to bring about. It's comparable to a king who married a woman. And when he, he didn't marry her yet, I'm sorry, he became betrothed to her. He was going to be the queen. And when he first was engaged, so he gave her, he gave her some presents. He didn't give her the full extent of the presents he wanted to give her yet. So then, when he actually consummated the marriage, he completed the marriage, brought her into his home, and gave her unending amounts of presents. Like a husband. Says the Medrash, an amazing thing, a beautiful thing, powerful thing, so important to understand. This world, the, the experience that we've had until now, the experience of the last 3,300 years, starting from the time that Hashem gave the Torah that took us out of Egypt, Exodus, on through history, first base of English, second base of English, the Gullus, the entire exile of the Jewish people, that period represents Hashem's betrothed to us. Hashem gave us small presents. He gave us the sun, the moon, the stars. Or let's refer to it as just the, the moon. As the measure says, <laughs> says, I shall be betrothed to you forever. Meaning, as long as we're in the world as we currently know it, in our current situation before Mashiach has arrived, before we've entered that new stage of reality. So, that's referred to as the moon. The relationship that we have with Hashem is like the small gifts. So, it's very interesting. In the previous analogy, so, this was the, the the Exodus and the gifts of the of the of the Moyadis, the the calendar which was represented by the moon, that's the climax. But here in this version of the Majush, so or this understanding of it, there was a true it may have been a climax, but it was the beginning. It was the first stage. It was the stage where Hashem gives us the moon. The moon it's just a doesn't have such a bright light. The moon cycles. The moon is at the, at the beginning of the month, very small. Says the Medrash, when the Messiah arrives, the times of Mashiach, the Jewish people are returned, the entire Jewish people are returned to their land. We have a temple standing in the third base Amigdash, the third temple. So, what happens? That's considered Hashem has taken us and married us all the way. Not just the first stage, not just the Arison, not just the betrothal, but rather the marriage is consummated between God and the Jewish people. The verse in Isaiah chapter 54 refers to the fact that the Jewish people, Hashem will become our Baal, He will become our husband, the one who interacts with us deeply in, in an intimate way, in a private way. At that time, says the Medrash, Hashem is going to give us everything, not just the moon. Right? Those who have merited to have a spiritual understanding it will shine like the shine of the heavens. And those who have caused others to do righteous deeds. So, 
they will be like the stars forever and ever. So the first stage is betrothal, that's the moon. The completion of the stage is the sun. The sun and the other celestial beings, that's the marriage, that's when Mashiach, the Messiah, arrives. And we have the completion, the completion of those two stages. So now what I'd like to offer you is that you see everywhere, always, in every situation, there are two stages. There's the initial stage, and there's the completion stage. There's the stage where it's the beginning of the relationship. There's the stage where it's, it's dark. It's the first stage, it's the erisun. It's the moon at the beginning of the month. And in that stage, the beginning of the month, in that stage, the beginning of the month, is the beginning. It's the beginning, but it's not the completion. It's the dark stage. It's the stage where the relationship is not complete. The, the matanis are small. The gifts are small. And we're waiting for that time, the middle of the month, which represents, which corresponds to when the sun is, when we have the sun, so to speak, as in the, in the second analogy. The middle of the month is when the moon is full. We have that full relationship. What I'd like to explain, though, and that's the, the essence of what I'd like to bring out of the Medrash, and bring out of these Psukim, bring out of the concepts that we've spoken about until now, is that, in essence, these are two parts of a complete whole. Right? We have one full month. The month is called Nisan. It's the month of Pesach, but it doesn't start in the middle of the month. It starts at the beginning of the month. We start speaking about it two weeks before. Why? Because they're all part of one cycle. They're all part of one complete whole. The entire month is yours. The entire thing from the beginning, which is the darkness, until the middle of the month, which is that full light, on through as the, as the moon wanes. This whole month is yours. You have a full cycle. You can't ignore the night. When you have a, when you have a day, the day begins at night. right? The beginning of the day is in the night. That's the way the cycles always go. Our relationships start always with a, with, a, with a certain darkness, with a certain distance. We don't yet have that full relationship yet at the beginning. It develops over time. And as we get into the deeper aspect, that's when it is consummated, that's when it's completed. But we can't get to the middle of the month if we haven't started at the beginning of the month. We can't get to the day without having gone through the night. And so, we, we are checking for chametz. We're checking for chametz when? Or Larbasar. We refer to it as the, the light. Why do we refer to it as the light? Because it's an acknowledgement of the fact that the darkness, the darkness, the night of the night before is part of the light. The, the geula occurs, the redemption itself occurs at midnight when the, when the Bukharim die of the Egyptians. That's when Paro says, get out of here. But when do we leave? We leave Egypt in full, in the daylight, in, in the full view of the Egyptians. Not like we're running out of there like robbers in the night. But the idea is that the night, the darkness, we think of the night and the darkness as, it's, it's something that we have to get through in order to get to the day. What these psukim, what the Gemara is telling us in psukim, is that we refer to the night as, as light. Because the night itself is also an essential component. It's not a separate entity from the day. It's a unit. The day is a 24-hour unit that consists and starts off with night, but you got to get through that. It's not just you have to get through that night. The night itself is what brings us to the day. The darkness itself is what brings us to the light. The, the exile itself 
is what brings us to the redemption from the exile. It's this 3,000 years that we've experienced, 3,300 years since the Jewish people began. Or we could go back even 3,700 years if we want to go back to Avram Avinu when that promise of, of the exile and redemption was made to him. This darkness, the exile, the long exile from the, from the, from the time of the second temple until now, almost 2,000 years, this long exile, this long darkness, it's not really dark. We can't refer to it as darkness. That's what Chazal are teaching us. We need to refer to it as light. We start talking about the daytime, we start talking about Pesach, at the beginning of the month, when it's dark, when the, when the moon is not yet full. That's when we start talking about Pesach. We start checking for the, for the Chometz, we start preparing ourselves in the night. Laor Haner, we light up the darkness with a little candle in order to recognize that the darkness itself is part of the light. You can't separate it. You have to focus on the light aspect of the darkness. You have to remember, we, we never forget the exodus from Egypt. Why are we talking about we were slaves in Egypt? Why are we talking about that? Because the darkness itself is what produces the light. You can't, the, the darkness itself that seems so dark is really light. It's a different kind of light. It's a different kind of relationship. It's an erisim, yes. It's a betrothal, yes. We don't have that full closeness. We don't have that full relationship. But that's part of the relationship. You can't get to step B if you haven't gone through step A. I'd like to bless you and I ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us to be able to see the darkness for what it is. See the, the, the night, N-I-G-H-T, for Nag-Hi, the, the Nun Gimel He Yud, the, the light that it really is. Because it's what brings us to that, to that real light. Hashem should help us to be able to be zeichet, to see the fulfillment of these verses. Just like we've gone through all of these years counting by the moon, Hashem should help us to be able to reach that day so soon when we experience the awesome light that He has in store for us, that never-ending light that no longer waxes and wanes, but rather is as bright as the light of the sun. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.